Hey there. Welcome to another episode of the Superview Show's Mixed Bag, coming to you live from many caves as always. I am joined by my incredible friends, Bill and Justin. What's going on, guys? What's up, J-Man? Hey, How's hey, hey. It's going good. Um, but yeah, so we are, we're, it's live again on Mixed Bag Wednesday night. Here, here we are once again. And just to, just to remind everyone that we the best podcast. We the best podcast. Podcast. Someone hashtag that, please. Um. Anyways, I digress. Though, to, but uh, so you we know even better, guys. If you like comments, yeah, subscribe and hit the bell for notifications as well. Boom, boom. So you can stay updated on all of our super view show madness that's going on. Um. But Bill chose a very interesting topic tonight, didn't you, Bill? Yes, I did. Okay. Now we all know there are great movies that, like The Godfather, Casablanca. Mm-hmm. Wizard of Oz, movies that just age like fine wine. They just get better and better with age. Then there are movies. These movies, as Justin said, age like milk. There are movies that we talk about that age like milk. So our topic tonight is movies that did not age well. Yeah. Either for maybe the the effects or for reasons that are just to help me out here. Um, for problematic subject matter. So today we're going to be talking about movies that didn't age well, and we know most of our viewers are adults. But if you watch this with your kids, first of all, what the hell is wrong with you? Second of all, you might want to ask them to leave the room. Do you think that's yes. fair? Justin, fair? Yeah, fair. I'd say so. So, so sit back, relax, and talk about, wow. Let's talk about movies that didn't age well. Yes, so Bill's going to go first tonight with his first pick. Uh, what is your first pick, my good man? Ooh, me? Okay, I'm going first. You are. You're going first tonight. American Pie. American Pie. (laughs) Not the song, but the movies. Let's talk about it. Shall we? Okay. This was the beginning of... Okay, if you guys are like me and Justin's age... Sorry, JT, you're a little too young to be in this conversation. Justin, agree or disagree? All right, keep in mind, the original American Pie came out when we were five. Yeah, but that started the the trend of teenage gross out here. Which we remember... JT, not so much. But anyway, here's why I think this is problematic. It, you know, it's about a kid who's basically trying to get laid. Is that pretty much the plot line, Justin? Um, the plot is that this group of friends make a pact to get laid before prom. And I actually remember watching parts of this movie with you in a hotel room in Connecticut. 
Okay, I just want to say nothing happened in that hotel room. Separate beds. God. We were there for Kineticon. Yes, please make that clear. But um, no, I remember we were flipping through something and and this came on and then this scene with Darcy was so problematic today. A kid who was trying to have sex with this young lady. His friends are filming it. Yep. That is just no. I'm sorry, that is screwed up on so many levels. Justin, JT, what do you guys think? Okay. <laughs> Here we go. I have never seen any of the American Pie films, mainly because they looked really stupid. They were very stupid. That's the point. So, oh, I guess my five-year-old mindset. By the way, when I was one, I was born in. This came out in ninety-nine. I was born in nineteen ninety-eight. And um, I want to clarify to the audience: yes, we're Justin and I are four years older than JT. And what I meant by JT being too young is like. Yeah, like we were too young. We weren't old enough to see these movies when they came out. Nope. But we remember them being released, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. We remember them being released. Well, the sequels, anyways. <laughs> the sequels. American Pie, the reunion. And especially <laughs> that one quote that I absolutely despise. Oh, you mean that one, one time in bank, bank camp? Oh, God, I freaking hate that quote with a burning passion. But, yeah, that scene when he's watching, when they're watching their friend have sex over a computer, that is just very... It's just very disturbing. It was a yeah. different time. Well, something yeah. you also have to kind of remember: the internet was in its very, very early days. We didn't entirely grasp the permanent, vast nature of it, and the fact that if it's on the internet, it's there forever for anyone to see. Blah, and that can ruin careers. All that no one has really grasped that yet in ninety nine. But nowadays, I think with the with the uh, title with a, a things that happen, like people whose lives have been ruined because stuff because sex tapes have been posted on the internet. How our lives were ruined by the Kardashian sex tape. Which created <laughs> Justin's famous line. Wow. All that over a sex tape. Good luck. And, you know, and 
you know, on a more serious note, you know, sadly, like the stories of Tyler Clemente, who a Rutgers student who was filmed having, you know, intercourse with his with his with his boyfriend or something and then sadly took his own life. So stuff like that today, we might look back and go, oh, that was fun. But no, I'm sorry. That is extremely problematic nowadays. People have lost their jobs over stuff like that. And sadly, like I said, people have lost their lives over stuff like that. Justin, am I sounding too preachy or am I 100% right here? Or not 100%, just am I in the right realm? You're in the right realm. I, it's like I said, in the 90s, it, it wasn't entirely grasped yet. Even less so in 98 when this was probably filmed and edited. <laughs> so yeah, that is my first take, American Pie. All right. What's next? Justin, why don't you go? Um, so sticking on the realm of raunchy teen comedies, Revenge of the Nerds. Oh my god, I didn't even think of that. That's funny. Um, so this movie is Everything that's wrong with eighties um, sex comedies wrapped into one movie. This includes bullying, negative in uh, depictions of nerds, um, child endangerment. And rape. Wow. Portrayed in a positive light. Damn. I should have thought of this. <laughs> uh, so there's one scene I want to point out light at in particular. It involves one of the nerds. Um, Inside the fun house, um, disguised as one of the jocks, and he fools one of the one of the uh, popular girls into thinking uh, into thinking that it was <laughs> sorry, excuse me. Into thinking that um, he was one of the jocks, and she sleeps with him. And then midway through, she finds out that um, she was sleeping with a nerd. And that she was essentially um, sleeping with a nerd unconsentfully um, with someone she didn't know which I think is pretty much considered rape um, I think the circumstances around that uh, theme but you know 
it's all okay because it just so happened to be the best sex she ever had. So all's well that ends well, right? Yeah, no. Probably not. This is just... Can I be honest with you both? Yes. But I remember clear as day. I wanted to bring this up for a sec. There was a question at one point asked on, and this show no longer exists on YouTube, but it's called AMC or Collider Movie Talk. Yes. Yeah. Someone once emailed in and said, hey, you know, could we ever see a Revenge of the Nerds reboot? At there actually was one planned in 2007. Okay. But here's the thing, though. There's a problem with that, too. Go the on. Ner- the nerds, you know, back in the day, like most people, most people would find like, you know, hey, you're a nerd. Well, most nerds nowadays are multi-billionaires and they're going to be rich and famous because <laughs> they have invented something super smart. So like the whole jock aspect wouldn't work. Now the jocks are the jerks, you know? Well, because, you know, it's like that famous quote from Bill Gates. Be nice to the nerd. You may be working for them one day. It's true. Because you know what? And this is going on my soapbox about something completely different. Look look at Mark Zuckerberg. Look at, um, who's, you know, yeah. We, you know, we look at that, like, when we're in, like, high school, college, we idolize the, the star football player, the star basketball player. Mm -hmm. But we know one day. One day, and like, listen, some of them may make it to the play college ball. Some of them may make it to the pros. That's a very small amount, but, or some of them may continue to have a good life. But there are those people, you know the kind, who just want to sit around and relive their glory days. While the nerds who you shoved in lockers and gave swirlies to are now multi-billionaires. Yeah. So like that quote from Bill Gates said, be nice to the nerds. One day you may be working for one of them. I mean, Steve Jobs, Bill Gates, won't go down the list of how many nerds there were and how much money they've made now in their companies. Forget it. So the truth. And because and you know why I also don't think a Revenge of the Nerds reboot would work? Because... Nerd, what we called nerd in geek culture, like Star Wars, Star Trek, and heck, even comic books like Marvel and DC, is mostly mainstream stuff now. Yeah. Super movies are like the, the norm. Most of that stuff, which used to be called like nerd culture or geek culture, is now mainstream. Yeah. And now, like, there's even, like, I hate, I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but there are very attractive girls at Comic Con. Or legitimately interested in the subject matter too. I mean, let's be real. So there's cosplay contests of like all these anime and all these like nerdy characters. So let's let's it's it's seeped in the mainstream culture now all the time. But you know what would have been a good Revenge of the Nerds like reboot? What? Or a sequel way to the future where the guys who bully them are now working for them. That's a good idea. So someone take note of that, please. But, again, like, what you have today, what Justin said, like, when they're, like, 
peep it into the girls' locker room or something. That's not right. Like, we really should not be showing this. We really should not be showing this. All right, Jaminan, over to you. What movie can I think of off the top of my head that did not age well? Hmm. Oh, I don't know. Let's see. Let me dig through my brain really quick and the list. Oh, I don't know. The uh, let's go with uh the how about how about this for a second, right? Night of the Living Dead. You could listen. This is uh, this is the first thing I thought of when oh, I said, ooh, ooh. hot take, okay. right? I mean, look, it's a great movie for its time. It's been, and also the the rights have been in public domain for a long time. Justin's gonna rip me apart in about five seconds, but since its release, it's go gone in public domain. Okay, yeah, that's it. Okay, sorry. Thank you for the correction there, my friend. Um, <laughs> but I mean, you could just tell me just by t if you go back and watch the original nineteen sixty eight, Night of Living Dead. It's, uh, it's a still a very good movie. Don't get me wrong, but it's the effects are very, very much of the time. Very like I, I could probably make something like this for a million dollars or even like three hundred thousand dollars, and it might come out like this. Might not be the best story, where like the guy gets shot at the very end. Spoilers, but it's kind of where I'm at. So I don't know. I just. Something about old horror movies that just don't hold up for whatever reason, like especially from the fifties and sixties. Like uh, I'll get to my next pick in a minute, but like where the the story holds up, but the effects and stuff are like very, very, very much of the time. I'll get to my next pick when I get there. But yeah, I'm gonna touch on a couple of horror movies tonight, ladies and gents. Just letting you guys know. So, but yeah, that's my first pick: is Night of the Living Dead from 1968. Hot damn, hot take right there. Anything else for that? You guys have any comments for that at all or no? I think we're um I think I have nothing to say on that. Okay. Justin, you got anything else to say on that at all or no? No. I'll just say that of the time people were very, very afraid of this movie. Oh, for sure. Don't get me wrong. I like let's face it, I mean when COVID first hit and all this other stuff happened, it's like, you know, who's to say zombies wouldn't come out of like Florida or like Illinois or whatever, you know. Like, let's be real. So. Didn't any of you play Twenty Twenty Bingo? Twenty? No, I haven't. Of what would happen throughout the year? Well, I would expect it out of Louisiana. Not <laughs> Louisiana. <laughs> That's funny. okay. Anyways, my next one. What do you got, Bill? We're gonna dive into animation for a minute. Uh oh. All right, Justin, what am I thinking? It's the Little Mermaid. I'm just kidding. Pocahontas? No, we're going way back. Not even Disney, is it? No, it is Disney. Oh, what is it? Dumbo. Really? Oh, lordy. I think I know Just Justin knows where I'm going with this one. The 1941 oh. animation one? Oh, 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 oh. oh Bill, Bill, oh. Bill. Bill, listen. Yes. I I know what you're about to say about the crows. Ah. 
this is just a friendly reminder. We keep our show PG thirteen here, but so tread carefully. Just be careful, all right? We don't okay, in what way? Well, JT already mentioned the crows. Don't I'm gonna let you do it, but I'm letting you know right now to our listeners, I, our, our viewers out there. Just be ready. Okay. okay? Listen. This was made in a different time. For those of you who don't know what scene I'm talking about, there is a scene which, um, in which after Dumbo sees pink elephants, which, for those of you who aren't Familiar with that saying, it's basically a expression for you've been drinking too much. And then he la- he lands up on a tree. And then there are a bunch of crows that land that are there. They're looking at Dumbo and Timothy Mouse. And they're like, and then the head, okay, and then they start talking to him. I'm not going to repeat the dialogue. Mainly, it's not bad or anything. It's just Coming out of me, a white man, it's going to sound very insensitive. And a word that I don't really like to toss around liberally, but that word. Give you a hint, starts with an R and it ends with a T. Oh, God, here we go. But, but then, and the crows, they start, they start, they start talk, talking to them, and then they get into something. And then the song, When I See an Elephant Fly, which I'm not going to lie, I think the song is kind of catchy. I think the song's kind of catchy. But, okay. Now let's address, no pun intended, the elephant in the room. The head of the crows is named Jim. Jim Crow. Which for those of you who do not know your American history, those were the name of the laws that made, that kept African-Americans and white people separate. And there's been a lot of debate that whether or not the crows are racist. And a lot, yeah, a lot. There's been a lot of debate whether the crows are racist or not, because apparently the film has been criticized for racial stereotypes of black people. 
And like I said, Jim Crow. And here's the thing that I think makes things a little more the head the head Jim Crow. I think he was voiced by a white actor. He was voiced by a white actor. I think this makes it even more problematic. Yep. Mm. The rest of the crows were voiced by black actors. What do you guys think? Oh, by the way, interesting fact, Jim Crow was actually voiced by Cliff Edwards, who also did the voice of Jiminy Cricket and Pinocchio. Oh, no way. I didn't know that. So, they talk in a very stereotypical way. Again, I'm not going to repeat any of the dialogue because it's going to sound insensitive coming out of my mouth. So, let's open the floor here. Justin, do you think this film is racist um i think it was made in a very in a time where those depictions of black people were unfortunately very common so I'm in the camp of it wasn't right then, it's not right now, but it happened and we shouldn't um, erase history because of it. Because if you and no, because if if you go on Disney Plus, they show the disclaimer about this film shows racial depictions of the product of its time. Such depictions were wrong then, and they're wrong now. And the thing is this I think this movie this part can be seen as problematic. And I think it makes it even worse that it was voiced by a white, that Jim Crow was voiced by a white actor, Justin. I don't know if you agree or disagree with me on that matter. I agree. I agree. But it's like, if you look at Disney and Looney Tune cartoons around this time, sheesh! I'm yeah. not going to lie. You're, you're going to feel unclean after watching some of them. Yeah. No, I know. You're gonna walk. You're gonna feel really unclean after, or Tom and Jerry too, with the character. You know what was her name? Mammy Two Shoes. Remember that? Yes. I remember. Like, they weren't that against showing her on Boomerang all the time, but. But you know what? If you notice in releases, J JT, sorry, we're going on a tangent here. Um, You're good. If you notice with 
releases, like they have the original releases where they have where she has the stereotypical black voice. Yeah. But in later releases, they altered her voice to make it sound more neutral. Mm. So, and of course, Disney's other thing they'd wish to see in the closet. Zippity doo da, zippity yay. Ah. Song of the South. I've never seen it, but I've heard it's just boring. What about you, Justin? I haven't seen it either. And I heard that it didn't age well even right after it got released. So, JT, are you familiar with Song of the South at all? A very little bit. Have you ever seen it? No. Guess what? You never will. Won't he, Justin? Yeah, probably not. Because let's just say that's a movie that Disney's going to keep behind the vault for a very long time. Like, you know, the song is zippity doo da, zippity a. That's where it's from. And Disney is keeping that hush hush under the rug. But yeah, this is where Disney's problematic past started. The Crows with Dumbo. All right, anything else? Anyone else have anything to say about it? I'm good, Justin. I'm good. All right. J- Justin, over to you. All right. So my next one. I'm going a, I'm going down a uh, similar path that uh, JT went last round. I'm going to go Jumanji. The original. With Robin Williams. Not that one. There we go. So, this one hurt. Because I love Robin Williams. Um, and I want to love this movie, but the effects really did not age well. Um, especially with the monkeys. The monkeys, the hippos, all the animals just looked awful. Um, it was just a victim of early CGI. Um, you know, when it came to VFX, they stood on the shoulders of geniuses to accomplish something as fast as they could. And before you even knew what they had, they packed it, packaged it, stuffed it out of a plastic lunchbox, and now they're selling it. They're selling it. Well, now we got Jumanji, and now plastic monkeys and... Rhinoceroses and hippopotamuses and lions and tigers and I don't think there are any bears, but oh my. 
just a really? CGI really? cluster block. Too bad it wasn't like Jurassic Park, because Jurassic Park's effects really held up, too. Oh, yeah. Jurassic Park's effects were great. And but, that was 30 years ago. That was, 90, that was 93. This is 95. Yeah. I mean, obviously, different creators, um, they're going to have different styles. They obviously went a lot cheaper with the effects on this. Um... And it, it's funny because they, I think originally it was praised for its effects. Now it just really did not hold up. That's what happens when you go full digital, especially like in the 90s. It's just, you're not, the technology is just not there yet. Bill, have you seen this movie? I don't think I have. I saw it once. Robin Williams, God rest. I haven't seen this movie in a long time. Is is the Jumanji remake from 2017 or 2018? Is that like a um whenever it came out? Is that a sequel? Sort of. It's like a continuation 20 years later. Different set of characters. None of the Original characters return. Oh, and that's why I have The Rock doing it. Like, so it's Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle, and the Jumanji, the next level. So, oh, but I remember liking the 2017 Jumanji, don't you, Justin? Yeah, like they're they're different enough where they don't like ruin the reputation of the original. Not that they're the original has that much of a reputation because, like I said, the effects in the original just did not age well. So, I guess. This is a nice way to revitalize the series in a new, unique way. Believe it or not, there's actually a tear-jerking scene in that movie. When yeah. there's a scene with the um, one of the kids where he's like, Hey, he, she looks like Sydney, Sydney Crawford. She's super fly. He goes, what year is it? He goes, it's 1996. Going. He goes, Alex, you've been in the game for 20 years. When he doesn't realize he's been in the game for 20 years. Yeah. But yeah, I've never really seen the original Jumanji. All the effects are not good. Unfortunately, because even though Jurassic Park came out two years prior, the, as Justin said, the different creators really made a you know they just it just the effects weren't good and I I could actually I saw it once and I can actually agree with him on that even though I was like really young when I saw it but yeah so is it my turn? Yeah, it's your turn. All right. Yep. Sticking with the past even more, uh, we're gonna go back to the fifties for a second. Uh, my grandfather loved this movie so much. He loved this movie so much. Uh, he would quote quote from quote the title. Leave of it Harry Housen out of it. What's that? I said leave Harry Housen out of it. Oh my god! No, it's not that. It's creature from the Black Lagoon. From the I spelled it wrong. Black Lagoon. 
I funny story really quick. I saw this movie when it got re-released in theaters recently, like I mean, last year or twenty twenty two, whenever it was. I actually saw it when it was re-released in theaters. Now, mind you, this is a movie from the fifties. It's not that it's it's a very good movie too. It's not it's not not anything special. But the thing about this one, I mean, movies in the fifties like. You want to talk about like effects? Computers were like the size of like your house. Computers were like just these enormous parts of like, and the visual effects were not that great back then. Of course, I mean obviously t- time progressed and you know things happen and things have evolved over time as far as technology goes. But with this movie, I really en- it's a movie I really enjoy. I, 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 the one time I saw it in theaters, which by the by the way was the first time I saw it too. But this movie, like. They use practical a lot, and they, you could just tell it's like, like it's funny. It's the creature from the black lagoon. Like if, if those you are listening to this, just Google creature from the black lagoon, and the underwater shots are so clear, and yet from the top it's so like, you know, you can't see the bottom of the you can't see the bottom of the the, the lagoon, you know, it's, it's things like that. To me, it just to me it just shows like, I mean, yes, it's a product of its time, as as I mentioned with Night of the Living Dead, but this one is just. It's still a in a fun horror movie, a fun like scary movie to an extent, but I, I don't know when I was coming with my when I was when I was coming up with a list of films to talk about tonight for movies that didn't age well. I feel like if they remade this, it would have to be like super scary. Like they'd make it even like they like they, where, where like the creature would go out and like kill you kind of thing. You know what I mean? Well, we'll see what happens with James Van Gold's swamp thing. Yes, well, and the, that that actually, when that movie comes out, where that'll be a good testament to see if um, a creature from the Black Lagoon remake would come out. I mean, has it ever been remade? Do we know that? Uh, let's look it up. Let's see. Let's go on the Wikipedia page. It's a movie based on the Black and White horror movie, blah blah blah, directed by Jack Arnold. Um. Reboots and remakes. There were sequels, but uh, there's a canceled remake in 1982. John Landis, who directed The Thing, wanted to do it. Uh, John Carpenter was developing a remake. Ivan Reitman, before he died, was trying to do a remake. And then all of a so sudden... Uh, like a remake's pretty much cursed. I would think so. Also, just on a side <laughs> note, it says that... It says that... The Universal Studios wanted to have like a monster cinematic universe, the way like Marvel has the MCU. They yeah, want their, their they, horror movies. They, and... they tried to have someone as the creature. Yeah, they tried to have like the creature and like uh, the Wolfman and the Mummy. They were gonna reboot all of these films. And yeah, they were, they were gonna have the Rock as the as uh the Wolfman. Oh wow, that's expensive, but because it's the yeah. Rock. But yeah, I, I just I don't know. There's something about movies from back then. Like, you, you, like, there's something haunting about movies from back then, like in the 40s, 50s, and 60s. At the same time, though, the effects like just don't hold up for whatever reason. Like the story does, but you can tell it's a product of its time. That's kind of where I'm coming at with this one. So, um, anything else for the creature from the Black Lagoon, guys? Nothing good. Justin, I mean, it gave us Guillermo del Toro's career. So, that's true. That. With the Shape of Water, right? Basically, all of his movies were inspired in some way, shape, or form by Creature of the Black Lagoon. 
I didn't know that. That, that, that this has been a, a moment of truth with Justin. We're going to call that from now on. A moment, a moment of, of truth. truth. A moment of truth from Justin. <laughs> our next T-shirt. You should follow that up with the what's it? The uh, X Files theme. The moment of truth. Okay, are you ready for mine? Yes, Bill. Talk to me. Okay, this movie was actually an Academy Award winning movie. But the effects didn't hold up? No, this has nothing to do with effects. This has to do with problematics. Okay. Rain Man. Oh. 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 Okay. Oh, I think you told me about this before, but go on. I know a lot of people like this movie, but I'll be honest. I don't think this movie has aged well. For those of you who've seen the movie, here is the short version. Tom Cruise finds out after his father passes away that he has a brother who lives in an asylum and his brother is Ray, Ray men played by Dustin Kaufman. Mm. And it turns out that Dustin Hoffman's character is autistic. And, okay. The film itself, you know what, I'm willing to give this movie a little bit of grace. And that grace is We didn't know much about autism at this time. We didn't know much. So they're just going off what they have. So, and you know, a lot of people had said, well, this movie really was one of the first ones that depicted autism. This was one of the first movies that, this was one of the movies that depicted, that basically made autistic people visible. But to be honest, I don't know because it shows autistic stereotypes, such as, and like, listen, it does show some signs of autism, like routine. But the thing that annoys me is the savant skills. You know, I, I want to tell all the ignorant assholes out there something, and you better be listening. Are you ready? Not all art autistic people are savants. Because I have been in a situation, and JT knows about this, and Justin, I think you know about this, where, okay, for those who don't know, surprise, I'm on the spectrum. I know, you're all shocked right now. Justin, is anybody shocked? No comment. Okay. But I have been in a situation where someone has asked me, do you have a savant skill like in Rain Man? I'm like sitting there thinking, that's a movie that was made over 30 years ago. 
I don't think people should be taking advice from movies that were made over 30 years ago. I'm sorry, I'm getting fired up right now. And the thing is, not everybody is Rain Man. Not everyone on the spectrum is Dustin Hoffman in this movie. And the thing that, okay, I actually watched Siskel and Ebert's review of this. Mm -hmm. I'm going to hold on to this, that it was a different time, but I really did not like what Roger Ebert said. When he said, well, when he finds out he has the disease known as autism, Roger Ebert, may God rest his soul. Autism is not a disease, you dumbass. It's not a disease. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry, guys. But this just makes me furious. Some, Not the movie itself. The movie itself, I'll admit, it's good. It's good. Tom Cruise does a good job. Dustin Hoffman does a good job. But should we be looking to this as the standard about autistic people? Well, I think there lies the problem. I don't think the problem is the movie. I think the problem is our perception of what autism is and our simplification of it by looking towards this movie I think that speaks more towards the people who are doing it rather than the movie itself and the intention of the movie you know what Justin you make a very fair point so would you say this movie hasn't aged well or did you see what I'm getting at or let's hear the wisdom of Mr. Dr. Professor Favaro for a minute all right so, I've only seen bits and pieces of this movie. I will admit this. But I have an understanding of what the movie is about. Um, so, the character in this movie has the Savanska. Okay, fine. Could the movie have done a better job in making it clear that a savant, a savant scale is not the norm for autism? Sure. Did it absolutely need to? No. And did we know at the time that was the case? I have no idea. That's all. That's another thing we have to keep in mind. Science marches on. That is a huge trope in the whole movies that don't age well thing is our understanding of things just improves over time. Oh, absolutely. That, it's You know what? Cool. You just um, made me think of something. Everyone knows I, I love the show The Good Doctor. Now, people will be saying, but Bill, isn't Sean also a savant? Don't you 
Isn't it kind of hypocritical? But you know what? There was a... And listen, that show divides the artistic community. Some people love it. Some people despise it. Because I actually watch... You know, if you go on YouTube and watch and type in why I hate the good doctor, guess how many videos you'll find? Oh, I'm sure you'll find a pretty... Uh... Pretty few. And, but you know what? There was this one woman I was watching who was defending the show. And she said, you know, because a lot of autistic people have said, well, Sean doesn't represent me as an autistic person. And she said she was also autistic. She said, said, yeah, he doesn't represent you. He doesn't represent all autistic people. Just one type of autistic people. And I think that that's what this movie... I think maybe back then, they tried to show that this represents all autistic people. And I think, as you said, Justin, I don't think... I think nowadays, now that we know more, and that autism is a spectrum... That not everyone who has autism is Raymond or Dr. Sean Murphy. I think now, I think it's maybe aged well because we as a society, it hasn't aged well because we as a society have now become more informed. Yeah. Does that make sense? And if you think that this movie aged badly because of that, try the try that Predator movie that came out in 2018 with Shane Black. Oh, what happened? I didn't see it. Um, it tried to portray autism as the next step in human evolution. Why does that sound awful? It was like try to give a reason why the autistic son ha- was able to pilot a spaceship or something like that. I don't know. Okay, so that's my next Back in twenty eighteen, ladies and gentlemen. Justin, you ready for your next pick? Uh yeah, and Get ready, because this one's actually pretty well-loved. What is it? Sixteen Candles. Oh. Justin, we swiped right. Uh-oh. Uh, JT, time I- maybe it's best we see other people. Oh, my God. <laughs> Justin, I'll let you go first, then I'll chime in after you. Three words. Long duck dong. Yeah, I was about to say it's that character right there. It's all that one character. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Go ahead, you go first. Um The eighties had no problem with offensive humor. 
it, it, it seems. Um, so in Sixteen Candles, um, the family surprises the daughter with a foreign exchange student named Long Duck Dong. Yep. Yes, that is his name. Um, he, the entire family, like, watches this poor kid, like, a zoo exhibit at the dinner table. And it only feels like the kid is putting on a performance for these for these guys. And then the party happens and he gets wasted. And then he's out on the lawn completely wasted, hungover. The family's wondering, where is my automobile? It's very <laughs> I was just about to say, this is like a prime example of a, really, a classic film that really has not aged well at all as far as just the general stereotypes in the movie go. Oh, and let's not uh, forget um oh gosh, what's what's his name? Not Michael C. Hall. Um, Anthony Michael Hall. Thank you. Anthony Michael Hall. Um Anthony Michael Hall's character um, is constantly perving on the main character. Like, it's... That's very disturbing. One. Two, who he ends up with, he ends up with because she was completely wasted in no way, shape, or form able of consenting. Yes. So, statutory rape. Um, yeah. We're in the hard topics tonight, gents. And to think, this was supposed to be a film that got what it was like to be a a teenage girl in the 80s. I mean, granted, it probably did, but Jesus. Yeah, no, Justin's right on this one. I remember seeing this for the first time on VH1 Classic. And I was like, what? Is this movie? 
Then I looked up this same guy who did Ferris Bueller. Yeah, John Hughes. Did the Breakfast Club. National Lapoon Vacation. Did he write that or direct that? Uh, he at least wrote it. Oh, no. He wrote Vacation. Harold Ramis of Ghostbusters directed it. I remember he, okay. Harold Ramis directed. But he did do... Um, he was one of the co-writers of that movie. Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Yes. Which I watched on Thanksgiving. Plug for our movie commentary. Which we had to fight to get back up. Yeah, thanks, YouTube. Because they'd have heard one song in the movie. Which is ridiculous, but whatever. So, I mean, I'm in complete agreement on Justin with Justin on this one. Uh, we did swipe right first time in a while on the show. <laughs> but this one is like, it's a very good movie, too. It's just it really touches on some touchy stuff of the time, let alone today, too, you know? How it holds up, like, 40 years later, mind you, it came out in 84, so. came out in 1984, 40 years ago this year. Too old yet? Okay. So is this your guys' pick together? Um, I guess so. Okay. I mean, I was I was gonna say it. So, Justin, you got anything else for it? Nope, that's it. Yeah, I was gonna say because I I I have <clears throat> I was gonna touch on it as well, but then Justin said it first, and I was like, I knew he's gonna say that. So I did, I could say <laughs> I just before you before I even cleared out the Google search box, he's like. Knew he's gonna say that. I knew he was gonna say that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, well, uh, this this is my picture. So, Bill, Bill you, you do you have one more? How many more you got? I got at least one more. Then we can maybe do one more. Yeah, we'll do one more each. Okay, cool. What do you got? Okay. Now this is actually a movie. I actually just watched again today for a very long time. Mm hmm. It's a kind of an obscure. I don't. I wouldn't say obscure, but lesser known. Have you ever heard of a movie called Fever Pitch? I have not. Okay, it stars Jimmy Fallon and Drew Barrymore. Oh my god, I have heard of this. Because I'm actually going to be doing a review on this movie soon. For another channel. But. Okay. The film is very. It's about. It's about. A guy who's a school teacher. And a girl who's a corporate executive. They meet. The Jimmy Fallon's character. It's a huge Red Sox fan. Strike one. Hmm. And it takes place during. That season. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. That season. The 2004, we got our asses kicked in the playoff season. Oh. But you know what? I'm going to say this. And it's not to knock the quality of the movie of all, but watching it today for the first time in years, 
Jimmy Fallon's character is kind of an asshole. And listen. You mean, you mean it wasn't just his, his writers? What was that? You mean it wasn't just because of his writers? The writers of the movie? No. Justin, what are you saying? The whole thing where it came out that his writers were like very oh, against that. him. Oh, that. Yeah. No, no, I'm not talking about Jimmy Fallon himself. I'm talking about his character in the movie. His character in the movie is an asshole. And like, look, when I remember watching it first off, I'm like, yeah, that's kind of like me with the Yankees, except he's a Red Sox fan. But looking back at it now, the guy is just completely childish. The guy is completely childish. And like, there is a scene when his, when Drew Barrymore comes and says, hey, I got this thing for my job, and guess what? They're flying us out to Paris. They're flying me out to Paris, and I'm taking you. And he goes, wait, what? He goes, oh, I can't do this. We got, you know, because, okay, he has season tickets for the Red Sox going, oh, because the uh, Oakland Athletics are coming into town. Oh, no, Seattle. Oh, Seattle's coming into town. And and they get into this huge fight, and Drew Barrymore's character is saying, but the main character's name is Ben, going, going, Ben, I'm late. But what do you mean? I'm late. In other words, she might be pregnant and she wanted to take him to Paris to tell her, to tell him. I'm sorry. That is a serious character flaw. Justin, what do you think? Yeah. From what like, I understand, what? this movie didn't get great reviews anyway. And listen, I'm going to be due to. I'm not going to get into too much because I am going to be doing a review on this. But watching this today, Jimmy Fallon's character is an asshole. And Drew Barrymore's character, her hands aren't exactly that clean either. Like, first she said, hey, it's good that you're really into to, to the, to the Red Sox. I question his team, but it's good that you're really into this. But then she really just Turns that just turns and then just she's trying to vie for a promotion and all that. And like her friends in the movie, okay, maybe just one of her friends, her friend is a complete and utter bitch. What's ironic is that I have pulled up the Rotten Tomatoes score. It has a 66 on Rotten Tomatoes for the tomato meter, and it has a 60% audience score. Like, I'm sorry. The, for a while, Jimmy Fallon's character is likable, but then a while, it just, he sounds like a giant man-child. Just like Jimmy Fallon in real life. 
Hey, but I actually like Jimmy Fallon in real life. I'm trying to go on the Tonight Show, bro. Oh, we we tried to get tickets, didn't we, Justin? <laughs> it's like literally the Hunger Games, wouldn't you say that, Justin? Mm. It's like literally the Hunger Games. I've literally, I know someone who got on, but I'll tell you guys about it later. So, <laughs> all right, so that's my pick. Next. All right, Justin, last one. So I say, what about breakfast at Tiffany's? I said, what about breakfast at Tiffany's? I was going to say this one too, but go on. It's not my pick that we didn't sweat right. <laughs> so, I mean, it could this be. one is for one huge reason. Uh, <laughs> Mickey Rooney's portrayal as the uh, Japanese neighbor completely in yellow face. And apparently this was a completely acceptable form of humor back in the day. Woof. Um, for those of you that don't know, Mickey Rooney is, is an Irish-American actor. He has no Asian blood. You know what? We can also uh, loop in the Conqueror onto this one. That was also a, a movie about an actor in yellow face. But yeah, Mickey Rooney was completely in uh, yellow face for this movie. Apparently, tr the author of the book, Truman Capote, really did not like this portrayal of the character. Hmm. Wait, Truman Capote? What? Kumin Kabodi wrote the book? That's right. The In Cold Blood Truman Capote? Yeah. That's correct. I did not know that. This has been The More You Know with Justin. Any hey. else, bud? Um, any else? Any, any, well, I also wanted to group any, the Conqueror in onto this one because that was no, also no. a movie. Any else on to Breakfast at Tiffany's or no? What's that? Yeah, okay. sort of in the this same one? vein because it's another one of those yellow face lead actor in yellow face moments. Where you had John Wayne in yellow face. In fact, you also have that with Fu Manchu. Um, that was another character who was very infamous for being a white man in yellow face. 
It was unfortunate. Oh, also, you know what? As level as this movie was, Flash Gordon from 1980 with Ming the Merciless. I know I'm going very rapid fire right now, but come on. What was with all the yellow face? Hmm. Is it Ben? So is it Ben? Say I've never seen Flash Gordon. Oh wow! I have to see it. I know Queen's soundtrack is incredible. I just have to see it though. Yeah. Also, Brian Blessed. Gordon's alive. I'm sorry, I just wanted to go on a anti-yell face rant. You're good. You're good. You I, I, I on a rant when we were talking about Rayman. You can go on this rant. It's okay. It's all good. <laughs> um, do you have anything else to say about your any of your picks here or no? Um yeah, don't do yellow face. Otherwise, I will find you. Okay. okay. And I will rant about you. <laughs> Not literally, but yes. Anyways, um, is it my uh, it's my last pick for the night, guys? Yep. Yep. All right. So it's ironic that I just saw this movie, well, one of this movies in the franchise the other day. Um, but Indiana Jones. And the Temple of Doom. <laughs> I'm not yeah. gonna go. I'm not gonna go too much into this, but hear me out for a sec. First off, I'm of the opinion that the Indiana Jones trilogy is a great set of films. The fourth one kind of petered off a little bit. It's like it's not bad, but it's not great kind of thing. The fifth one was a step up, truthfully, from Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. But it was a nice send off for the character. I don't, have you guys seen Dial of the Dial of Destiny? Not yet. Not yet. Nope. All right, we'll have a viewing party of it soon. I promise. Um, when we're all said and done here, but and this is also turns forty this year too. But Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. For those of you guys who have never seen the movie, <laughs> it depicts. For, the, for those of you who have not seen the second Indiana Jones film. I mean, mind you, it was made in the 80s with Spielberg directing it, but and Spielberg's one of the greats. He's probably the level of directing that you want to try and be. But the stereotypes of both, I'm going to just say this, Short Round, the combination of, of Kihi, uh, Kihi Kwan and Short Round. Um, Hold on, Dr. Jones, your potatoes! Like, come on. Like, it's, it's questionable. It's questionable. It is. A, it, it can get offensive to some people. I would. I would say it actually would get offensive. And look, it's not a bad movie by any stretch of the imagination. I'm just saying though that looking back at it more and more, and I'm like, you know, you got like the Mola Ram characters, kind of like he's stabbing, taking your heart out and stuff like that. And you got like, he's like he's taking people's hearts out. He's even um, like he's burning like the, the in, they're in India of all places in the world they're in India like there's a very uh stereotype of like I hate to say this sort of racism here and there it's like I mean, they, like the way that the, the way that the film depicts like people in India mm. I don't know I mean it's 
it's still a very good movie, in my opinion. I mean, do I think they took a hit after Raiders of the Lost Ark? Not really, no. But I do think that, and, and Bill and I touched on this actually when we talked about the ra- movies giving the wrong ratings. This one and Gremlins were the movies that caused the MPA um, Motion Picture Association to create the PG thirteen rating. Yes, sir. So, and we we talked about that a while ago too, but maybe a year or two ago. I don't even know. But I had to touch on this movie again because like the stereotypes of Indiana Jones with Kihi Kwan uh, with short round. And Willie Scott all in one movie, and then just the the whole of Kate uh, was it uh Kate Capshaw, it was now Steven Spielberg's wife too, yeah. but um, my God, like I always want I I haven't seen it in a long time, but I almost want to rewatch it and be like, what were they? What was George Lucas's mindset during the creation process of this? Well, it wasn't. Well, George Lucas's uh, thought process was. He was in the middle of divorce. George Lucas was? Yeah. Oh, then never mind. That settles that. <laughs> this now is like it becomes clear, doesn't it? This is why it's called the Temple of Doom, you know. <laughs> well, you know, Wait. they say that uh you know what? I'm not gonna make that joke. Please don't. Because then it won't age well. No. But this I will say though. Well, I will say this though, the Last Crusade though really stepped up and made it a solid trilogy ending. And I mean, yes, yeah. they made a fourth one. Yes, they made a fifth one. Yes, they made other franchise of stuff. Indiana Jones and the something something, books, comic books, you name it. But Temple of Doom, it's not a bad movie. It's just one of those movies you're like, you question a lot of stuff in it, despite it being a very good movie. Like it's still very, it's still a very good movie. It's not a great movie. It's a good movie. But I will say, it does, there's a lot of stuff that is questionable. We should do a movie commentary that's just for the hell of it this year. Why not, you know? Isn't it turning 40 this year? It came out in 84. Yeah, it turns 40. That's cool. Well, I haven't watched it in a while. I'd be down. Justin? Sure. We will do... So you heard it here first. We're going to do an Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom movie commentary. We will, we're going to do it. Um, this year to mark to mark the uh listeners out there um but yeah uh that's all i got for temp- temple of doom guys um i think we're good are we all set for the night yeah i think we're set all righty well listen just i'm not sure where justin's screen went but uh, we want to thank you guys all for watching listening however you enjoyed us tonight and hopefully enjoy this as much as we enjoy doing it for you um thanks so much for watching liking and subscribing to our content as well uh, Bill mentioned her his um, sports insanity. Sports insanity podcast on the Sports Insanity Network. Yes, they're available. Like on, all we're on all platforms. All platforms, baby. All platforms. Um, good topic tonight, Bill. I'm proud of you. Thank you. You're welcome. Very, very, very good topic tonight. Super awesome. Super fun. And we definitely touch on some good topics. And super review. And it's been super reviewed. Look for our Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Uh, movie commentary coming later this year at some point because the movie turned forty. So there's a lot of a lot of really good movies that came out in '84 that we could do commentaries on too. So just take take, take note of that, guys. So. Gremlins, Gremlins, another one. Uh, Sixteen Candles. Just kidding. We don't want to do that. We're not going to do that one. Um, Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock. <laughs> anyway, also a lot of thirty-year-old films that we got to review this year that we got a commentary this year. 
Forrest Gump. And 20-year-old films. We have, so we have a lot of work cut out for us here at the Subaru we Show. we got a lot of work coming up this year, folks. Spider-Man 2 from 2004 has turned 20. Yeah. Where did he do that, though? Oh. He did a Spider-Man 2.1 movie commentary, actually. Oh. Wow. <laughs> and it's one of our more popular videos, too, actually. And I'll tell you guys about that later. Besides the point, though, we want to thank you all for watching and listening however you enjoyed us tonight. Thanks so much for watching and listening to our content. As always, hopefully you enjoyed this as much as we did. But uh, for all of you, uh, for all of us here at the Super Review Show, stay safe, take care, take care. and be awesome. Be awesome.